And welcome back to a brand new episode of the Exit Trials Football Podcast, the home of alternative football. We're less than a week away from Christmas. And despite using the clickbait title for this episode, I'm pleased to confirm that COVID did not kill the podcast star. It's going to take a lot more than COVID to put my man down. So joining me for the final time in 2021, it's Lyle, the Perth Gunner Stewart. How's it going, mate? Mate, it's brilliant to be back. Absolute brilliant to be back, Edzy. Um, it's the return of the Mac. Lyle Stewart is back, mate. I'm back. Um, <laughs> COVID tried to get me. Uh, I was down, but like my football team, I wasn't out. We're back. We're on the march. We go again, mate. <laughs> to be fair, mate, the only thing that could kill you is the Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, oh, mate, tell me about it. Tell me about it. What, what a ropey month November and December's been. First of all, mate, how are you doing? Are you, are you feeling okay? Mate, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'll, I'll tell you what, I went for the first my first run today in about two weeks and it felt like my lungs were about to fall out, mate. I was absolutely blowing. <laughs> <laughs> After a few kilometres, I was blowing, mate. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, so it's been a while. Just dusting off the cobwebs, mate. Yeah, you know what, mate? When I um, told my dad, Big Mike, that you had COVID, he said that he wasn't surprised. The amount of away trips you've done the last couple of weeks, you know, it's bound to catch up on you. Yeah, yeah, I was due, I, I, I was due, mate. So the, the backstory was, mate, so, um, I mean, we'll, we'll do a, a, my little segment in a moment, Lyle's Travels. Um, but I reckon I got it up in Manchester, mate, the Dirty Manx. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, what's the story then with the, the whole isolation? How's that work over in the UK? Um, so you've got to do 10 days isolation from either when your symptoms developed or when, you did a, when you've done a test. Um, so my isolation ended last night, midnight. It's a bit shit to be honest to you because you're literally stuck at home for like 10 days. Um, and even like I tested negative on Monday, um, but I wasn't allowed to leave isolation until um, until until uh, today because obviously you still yeah. got to do your 10 days. So I still had to do another three days just sitting on my Todd, locked in my locked in my basement. You know what, mate? We found out you had COVID. Um, I think it was like during the Everton game because uh, we were messaging in the chat and said, oh gosh. I hope Lyle's okay. And turns out you didn't go there in the end because you had COVID. Um, no, mate, it was a disaster. So basically, um, I woke up the morning of, and then I thought, oh, I was feeling a little bit under the weather, but nothing which was going to stop me from going to football. Nothing, a few, uh, few pints of Guinness and a couple of um, couple of Jaeger bombs won't fix. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was, I was still going to go. And then um, I'd done a COVID test, and then it came back, and I thought, blimey. Um, and, and it was it was a bad day because one of the there's about six of us going up and then one of the lads he'd pulled out as well um, and I had to call my mate and said that I couldn't make it so the poor geezer had to go up by himself who's meant to pick me up on the way um, he got stuck up there I mean I think God was trying to look out for me or something mate because after going up to Old Trafford on the Thursday um, seeing us get you know throw it away then getting the I was at Wembley on the Sunday uh, in the FA Cup final seeing us yeah. get demolished in the, in, for, with the women's I think they're just saying now, sit this one out and seen enough. <laughs> and, and then obviously Anfield away, where we got absolutely demolished again, 4-0. Oh. So. Mate, before we get into all that, 
Can you just summarise what's happening? What's the state of the country right now? Viewers, brace yourself. So the latest straight out of you out of the UK. Um, so we've got five Premier League games which have been postponed. Um, so United um, versus Brighton is not going to go ahead because of COVID. Um, it's not looking good in the sense that because of the amount of games which we've got over the festive periods, they're either going to have to make a call now, which is we're not going to play footy over the festive period because there's Carabao Cup games um, midweek uh, next week. So there's Carabao Cup games midweek. Then we go straight into... So there's a round of English Premier League games this weekend, Carabao Cup games midweek. Then we go straight into um, Boxing Day. Then we go straight into uh, the games which are in between Boxing Day and, um, and, and New Year. So that's the 28th. And then obviously the, you've got New Year's Day New Year's Day games. So um, yeah, I think they'll have to make a call sooner rather than later. But I think the league will probably be reluctant to postpone um, given, given all the fixture build-ups. Yeah, you know I, mean? I was actually asking about the, the whole Bojo situation, to be honest with you. Oh, Boris, yeah, yeah. Throwing, par- <laughs> throwing, throwing parties at number 10. Um, no, I don't think we're going to go into a lockdown here, mate. Truth be told, I just can't can't see it happening. But um, I think, obviously, yeah, they might bring in some some more measures, maybe like shutting the nightclubs again and restricting crowds at football and things like that. But um, we'll see. We'll see how things develop. What's your take on all that stuff for the Tories? Um, I mean... They are nonsense to a man, truth be told. Um, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, but I think I don't think it, I, I don't think it works, mate. I think we're a herd immunity sort of place. People aren't going to want to go back into a lockdown again. So I think just try and get back people vaccinated and keep the borders shut and crack on. Really, I think that's the only way you can um, you can do it because we spent so many days in lockdown um, between the start of this year and last year. Um, I just can't see there being the appetite for people to go into another two-month lockdown or whatever it would be. I just don't think that would fly. Um, already a lot of businesses have been sort of done out of it in the sense that a lot of people have cancelled Christmas parties and all of that sort of stuff. So, um, who knows? Were you thinking maybe a few days ago that Christmas would be cancelled for you? Yeah, yeah. At one stage I was looking at it and I thought, mm, what's he, is he going to go in knee-deep into the... Or is he going to go in head 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 deep? Or head first, I should say, straight to the deep end. But no, I think we'll be all right. I think we'll be all right, mate. So are you um you done your 10 days? Mm. So today was your first day out, yeah? All done in the freedom day, mate. Freedom day. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Tasting fresh air. So what was the first thing you did then? I went for a run, mate. That was is the that the first thing, thing you did? Yeah, I went for a run. I, I, you know, I've been stuck inside for like the last 10 days. I haven't even barely left my bedroom, truth be told. So I thought, I'll go for a bit of a run. So yeah, I went for a run. So how have you been fed then? Um, I just ring a little bell and um, my housemates just bring food <laughs> up to me. Um, <laughs> no, so I'll just be going like, I, 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 I was doing like, I'd go downstairs and sort of like do a little bit of food and I was getting like food delivery shipped in. I was getting like care packages, you know, and I was getting like my mates in the RAF just to fly over, care package into the back garden, hoist, hoist it back up into the room onto the balcony. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I was getting food delivered. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. You're lucky. You're a lucky man to have people around you. You know, I couldn't imagine for you know people that are isolated on their own. Yeah, yeah, not ideal, mate. Not nah. ideal. Not many stretch of the imagination. Yeah, you got good mates there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm relieved to to hear that you're you're well again. We were a bit worried for you because uh, obviously the results weren't going your way. I think every game that you went to, 
in the last well, week or mate, so. It's a defeat, disaster, isn't it? Wasn't it, mate? Absolute disaster. There's been a disaster, mate, on the travels. Um, the start from the start then. So it was Liverpool away, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd spoken to you since then. So we went up there. We'd done a two-dayer. Um, brilliant. Um, rolled in there on the Friday. And um, I would literally, where we were staying, you walk out the front door and the stadium is literally like 500 yards down the road. Um, that was great. It was great. I was going to have a great time in Liverpool, mate. I think I'd be done them out of a barrel of Guinness, definitely, um, <laughs> easily. So it was so funny, right? So we, we rolled up and... Um, so where we're staying, right, is uh, bang in the middle of uh, Anfield. And then our friends were the ones who meant to pick the keys up for the place. So me and my pal Dan, because we got there a couple of hours before them, uh, we'd rolled in there about 2.30 on Friday, uh, only about an hour and you know, three hours before kick uh, a day and three hours before kickoff. And so I thought, oh, well, let's just nip across. Let's just find a little pub, have a few beers. Anyway, I ended up in the church. So... Um, there's this lovely pub across the road, which they converted in. Well, it was a church they converted into a pub. Lovely old building. And uh, my friend Joe rings me and she said, oh, where are you? I said, I'm in church, Joe. I'm, I'm sending my prayers up to the Arsenal. Uh, said, what? <laughs> I said, I'm in the church sending my prayers to the Arsenal and having a pint of Guinness. So uh, it was quite, I thought that was quite funny. Funny name for the pub. Church literally across, the, across from where we're staying. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, actually, mate, because I'm... Um, just I knew it was going to be a bad day. So on the way, so we'd obviously watched twelve on the Saturday. We watched twelve thirty kickoff. Chelsea demolished Leicester. So oh, great, here we go. And then on our way to the away pub, which is the Arkle, which is right on the corner, um, corner of Anfield. Uh, one of the poor, this poor Arsenal fan had had, had one put on him by a, by a scouser. See, so basically there are these two Arsenal fans, and this poor one lad's been bricked, been at me, been bricked. He was it was like a fountain of blood coming out his forehead. Um, so for oh great, here we go. And um, obviously the police, um, you know, were, were sorting the scene out. Great, it was not a good start today. Uh, so made it in the away pub, blah, blah, blah. It was rammed. I was optimistic. I thought we were going to go up there and actually get a draw or something because our form had been all right on the road. Yeah. Then, um, then it's so, yeah, then you know, they're doing renovations at Anfield. So what would usually be come straight out and into the away end. They made us walk all the way around the bloody park, mate, in the pissing rain. Oh. So, uh, you know. Great, great Scouse hospitality. Um, <laughs> and then the first sort of got in the got in the away end. It was rocking in the concourse, and um, yeah. Then obviously the game started, mate. And um, you know, I thought we were all right the first twenty-five minutes, absorbing the pressure. And then the problem was we just couldn't get out. We, just, we literally didn't. Like, we couldn't get out. We're you know doing all sorts of madness at the back, and. Um, obviously did well and then obviously they scored on the 38th minute which sort of put a puncture in the tyre and then in the second half in the first sort of 15 minutes we had the tyre been punctured we've gone off the bloody road mate head first into, into like a ravine or something like that and that was it game was over in a space of 15 odd minutes a couple of goals on their end then ended up going down 4-0 which was unfortunate I mean I thought we played a little bit better than the results show but mm. when you're up against the top side like Liverpool you can't afford to switch off for a moment. And that's what we've done with four moments in the game. We switched off four goals. And that's what they'll do that with the, with, with the quality they got inside. Hey, um, tell me about the, the atmosphere of Anfield. What's it like there? I've been out to Anfield a few times, mate. It's a, I'll be honest with you, it's a bit of a myth. Um, I think it's good if it's, elite, if, it's a, if it's a European night. And it's probably good if they're playing Manchester United. 
May and Everton maybe, but apart from that, I've been up there a few times. The atmosphere, it's it's one of those where it, it's a loud ground, so it does get loud, but quiet for most of the game, mate. It's only a few, like first half, 38 minutes, you'll never walk alone. And then it was, <laughs> like I didn't really hear anything. And then, yeah, when they scored, started making a bit of noise. But again, no, nothing, nothing really to write home about. Um, <clears throat> I thought Old Trafford was a much better atmosphere. I thought they weren't. Really? necessarily as loud so I don't think Old Trafford gets as loud as Anfield but they make definitely make more noise consistently before the Liverpool game I saw you had a photo with uh, Dan the blind Arsenal fan yeah Danny Bailey so he comes away with us actually funny enough um so he comes he comes away with us he you know um, so we sort of look after him on the way days so he he comes up with us uh, my mate my, my, my mates bring him up and stuff um, which is very kind of them he's top man top geezer yeah um, massive respect to him, um, absolute legend. And I, feel, and I saw that photo. I was like, "That's awesome!" Because like, yeah. So he, he come up to Burnley with he's, he's been everywhere with us this year. I think he's been with us to Burnley, to Brighton, um, Leicester, um, United, uh, Liverpool. Um, so yeah, I've been on quite a few away trips with him. An absolute legend, yeah. legend to go all that way overland and see for the Arsenal. Uh, proper gooner, uh, proper gooner. Hey, do you know how he follows the game? Does he have someone with him with a board or? Yeah. So what what happens is so basically, um, so my friend Joe, um, her mum Joan, that um, accompanies him, so looks after him during the game, um, which is very kind of her to do that. Um, so she look, looks after him during the game, and he has like a little headset. So the headset which he listens to, which has got the commentary. Um, so he's obviously got the so commentary like in. So they have headsets which give you the commentary in both ears. And then obviously, like you can then hear the crowd noises and the reactions and, and all of that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, no, he's top top bloke, absolute legend, proper inspirational, um, and 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 you know, proper passionate fan of the club. Goes up and down the country, um, and 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 I think you know, huge respect to him. Yeah, that's great. Uh, he has more vision than most Arsenal fans. I'll tell you that. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. That's awesome. So you went to um, Old Trafford. You did all the tourist trips, mate. So first Anfield, the next one's Old Trafford. So how was that one for you, mate? What what night was that on? Thursday night? Yeah, so that was a couple of weeks later. It was a Thursday night. Um, freezing up in Manchester, actually. Bloody hell, it was about, I'd say, it, it was, wasn't much more than one degree, uh, one degree or two degrees during the game. It was, it was Arctic up there. To be honest with you, like, it's one of them. We're going up there. I thought we were we were going to get something out of that game, given the form they've been in. No, oh, it's brilliant. When I was at Anfield, mate, you know, we've seen the Watford result come into the United game. We're all singing, "All is at the wheel, at the wheel, all is at the wheel." And the United fans can't take it. I mean, you know, most of it was glory, uh, to be honest with you, but um, they couldn't take it. It's brilliant. And then so we've gone up there. Obviously. Um, by the time we'd gone up there, he'd, he'd been sacked. So I thought, look, we've got a great opportunity here. Go up there and, and roll them. Although I was sort of a bit pessimistic because we hadn't got a great record up there. In my time following the Arsenal, we won up there in 98, which is when Overmars scored. We actually, uh, so that was what sort of clinched us the title. We won up there in 2002 when we won the league. That's right, yes, we won the league at Old Trafford. Um, 2002. Um, to say that again, won the league at Old Trafford. Um, then we, we won up there in the league in 06-07. Um, so what if it was a 1-0 job added by all schools? Then we've done them last season, but there was no fans. So we've won up there four times in 20-odd years. So as you can imagine, it's just not a happy hunting ground for us in the league. 
not much. Well, I suppose we've done, done up them, them up there in the cup a few times. But anyway, so I was a bit pessimistic with that hanging over, but I thought, no, this is the time to win. And it's mad because obviously, like, we got in the ground and, um, you know, first we scored first. Couldn't believe it with the Odegaard goal. I mean, usually, I can't believe that the, the referee give that because you go up there in the past, mate. I'm not being funny under Ferguson and whatnot. You got, I remember, do you remember when we, when we went up there? Um, uh, we got, I remember going back on the back in the day, so like, um, the bit, yeah, the, the 2003 game where Vieira's been sent off, he hadn't even touched Keane, and then we've got nothing, and then Van Esteroy penalty, they've already missed it. And I remember we went up there in 2000, and um, I think it was five or four, 2005 season, which ended the invincible run. We got kicked off the, yeah, it's it's mad. We went up there, we got kicked off the park, mate. Do you know what I mean? It was just embarrassing. Um, so I couldn't believe it when the referee gave the Odegaard goal because. I saw that and I thought that's brilliant. Like, and you know, there's no Arsenal player near it. Two United players across. That was fantastic. Thought, brilliant. We're we one nil up. And then bloody Arteta does what Arteta always does in these big games where he just sits back. You think to yourself, what are you sitting back for? So we then sat back and then they've bloody scored. Bruno Fernandes has scored right at the end of the first half, thinking, all right, brilliant, here we go. And then second half. Um, you think, right, OK, we've got a game on our hands here. We've got to come out of it. And then old mate scores, who, um, um, old, the old Cristiano Ronaldo, and they're all going nuts, which is which is hilarious, because we then, Odegaard scored literally like two minutes later, and then it's back to silence at Old Trafford. And then, um, yeah, we, we threw it away, mate. Such a stupid penalty. Was, no, I'm in the away end, which is a million miles away from the other side of the pitch. As soon as Odegaard's gone in for that tackle, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm Literally turned around, put my head on the first vibe. I knew it was a penalty. How the referee didn't call it is beyond me, mate. I mean, refereeing this season has been nuts to begin. It's been all over, uh, all over the shop. And then, um, yeah, obviously they got the penalty, and that was it. Eddie, mate, three two. That was, that yeah. was a tough one to swallow. I was following your games because I knew you were there. That's why I was like, oh, just hoping for Lyle's sake that they don't lose. <laughs> you played well though. We played well, but it's one of those. If you go up to, if you're playing a top or top six side, whatever you want to call mm. it. If you go away from home and score two goals, you should get something out of the game. No, yeah. And then um, you went to Wembley. How many days after yeah. was that then? Was it on the Sunday? Was I, it? I was at Wembley on the Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Wembley, Wembley, where the famous Arsenal ladies and we're going to Wembley. <laughs> um, mate, it was, it was lovely to get get down to Wembley. Brilliant stadium. Do love it, especially on a you know, big, big day out. It was fantastic. But... Um, it was a disaster, mate. Yeah. Absolute disaster. The Arsenal ladies were, were shocking. They, they, they chose that stage to put in their worst performance of the season, mate. Um, oh, we were just not out of the races. I mean, the first half, we were all over shop defensive. We could barely string a pass together, put a head on the ball, put a tackle. We're lucky to be going half time 1 0. And then me and my mate Andre, we just said, look, let's go get a beer at half time. It's just we need something to get us through the second half. And, um, you know, got to be out. It's brilliant. I mean, I must say, the, the great thing about um, about uh, the women's football, because the amount of families which are there and young kids, mate, you haven't got a queue to get a beer. I've, got, I've never got a beer that fast in my life. Usually, <laughs> you go watch the Arsenal men's at half-time, got a bloody queue about 250 people. It takes you 15 minutes just to bloody get a beer. And I'm not one of those, like, a lot of the people I know, they'll... 40 minutes, they're gone. Um, yeah. They missed the last five minutes. I'm not that bothered. So if someone gets me a beer, whatever, I usually work out, I end up with a beer half time. And so 
we all just got a beer. We got beer. We had a pint on the concourse, and it's good because they've got these screens. So we probably missed the first eight minutes of the first half because we we're just chilling there, chatting to the other Arsenal fans, um, watching the game up. And we finish our pints. So all right, let's go. Go. Went ran into the toilet. Quick, quick one, and then walking through as we literally walking through to get back to our seats. So we walk through the top of the, the entrance of the stand, and literally as we walk through, Chelsea player running. Straight through on goal, bang, 2 0 down Arsenal. Literally, as we just walked through, I said, So, oh, we may as well go back, get another beer, mate. We just stayed there. <laughs> so, um, no, we didn't. We, <laughs> we did end up we, 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 we did end up going back to our seats. So, we went, went back to our seats. And then, obviously, that was a horrendous um, second half. Obviously, we went down to another one, three, we lost 3 0. But, um, I mean, obviously, the only positive was Sam Kerr, West Australian, big up West Australian, she, she had a blinder. And then, yeah, we got done 3-0, mate, by Chelsea. I mean, the highlight of that day was going back to Box Park and Wembley afterwards. You know, remember Box Park where all the stuff from the Euros and all yeah, that yeah. video? And the Arsenal fans took it over, mate, with a right old dance and a sing-song in there. It was brilliant. Hey, um, Sam Kerr was busy that week, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, too busy. You've seen that video of uh, the pitch invader a couple of days yeah. after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what's your thoughts on that, then? She lumped this guy. Well, she didn't lump him. She just hip and shouldered him. That just bumped him. I mean, it's not like she lamped him, like smacked him in the head with a punch. Um, pretty much a shoulder barge. Yeah, the fact she got a yellow card for her, I thought was a little bit out of order. Um, you know, she could she could argue she was just protecting herself. Um, but, I mean, well, shows you a fair bump play on. <laughs> to be fair, mate, I reckon she should have got sent off for it. Really? Well, think of it. Look back to um, Eden Hazard in the League Cup semi-final against the Swans with the ball boy. Yeah, I suppose so. But the you know what I mean? Boy a, yeah, but the ball boy weren't a pitch invader, was he? So... <laughs> to be fair, mate, that story would be a different story altogether if it was the other way around. Oh, massively, massively, <laughs> massively, yeah. But, you know, you got you know got to live a bit liberties, mate. It's all about liberties. But no, I did enjoy the Women's Cup final. It was good. It was, it was good. It was good. Yeah, tell me all the atmosphere and stuff. Like, it's obviously all seated, right? Yeah, women's football's a bit different to men's football. So, so I've been to Wembley before and it's like, well, I've been to loads of away, loads of home No one really stands. Like, in, in, even though it, all the stadiums are all seaters, if like Arsenal go to Wembley, like lower tier behind the goal, everyone stands anyway. Mm. Um, upper tier people might sit down um, and then it's the same like at home games you know there's always like pockets of the grounds where people stand up even though obviously you're not legally allowed to people do it anyway um, women's football I, I think it's, it's more like a rugby atmosphere actually where like don't matter what team you support you can sit next to each other um, it's not quite the same in terms of the atmosphere um, it's, like I said it's more rugby like um but I do like it because there's no aggro. It's a good day out. Everyone gets on. I mean, we were in the Arsenal end. So truth be told, it was like probably like 90% Arsenal fans in there. There were some Chelsea fans in there. Like no problems, like if, no problems whatsoever, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not the same atmosphere. Not the same atmosphere at all. But it's a different audience. There's a lot more young kids and families. And mm. um, it's really nice, mate, because you, I'm going to... Going to the Arsenal, um, although it has changed a little bit this season because of the pandemic, a lot of older folk don't want to come back to football. But, you know, from historically, it's a, you know, the average age of people going probably in their late 30s, 40s, do you know what I mean? So it's lovely to see so many young kids, the families, females will go to watch it. I think it's brilliant, mate. Absolutely love it. And um, 
I think it's a shame that some of our hardcore support, uh, well, not hardcore support, but, you know, some, I, I'd say, you know, maybe a solid, I think because 30 to probably 30 percent of our 30 40 percent of our fan base, fan base you know do kind of put them down a bit then i think you've got the 30 percent who you know they they don't mind they'll tune in blah 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 and then you've maybe got 20 to probably 20 percent 30 percent of our fan base who do actively sort of follow the mm. women's game as well that's a shame though because isn't the arsenal women's team like the most successful team in england they are they are but i think it's unfortunate you've got some old fans to be like, oh, you know, the standard of the game is not that great. Why is it being televised? Why are they putting the money into it? Blah, blah, blah. And I see it on Arsenal fans forums and all that stuff on yeah. Facebook. And it is quite sad, Ed, truth be told, because I, I really do like women's football. I think it's brilliant that they're getting a platform and um, and everything like that. So I think mm. it's uh, it's just you get some old school fans, isn't you? Very old school in their mentality. Yeah, to be fair, like, I think the, the standard of football has increased in the last two or three years. And if you look at that, the national women's team, uh, the, the Lionesses, I mean, mostly professional players now, aren't they? Great, 100%. And I think, the, the, you know, overall, the game of football will only benefit from really elevating the profile of women's football. I think, you know, you're going to increase the people who are watching it. You're going to increase participation. Um, so I think it can only be a really good thing, mate. It's just sad. Like I said, you've got some idiots out there, some absolute dinosaurs who... You know, they're constantly slating the women's game, but you know, there's no point in giving them airtime. I think they've just got to keep cracking on and try and do what they do. And do you know what? If you're a family, it's better, it's a better thing to go to. I mean, you get a family ticket for 20 quid, two adults, two kids. You can't even get to an Arsenal game for 40 quid, do you know what I mean? For one ticket. Yeah. I saw this the other day, mate. Do you follow Footy's Grand on Facebook? Mm. So basically, it's a Facebook website that rates um, different, you know, uh, food and beverages around the football grounds in England. And uh, I saw it this morning, I think it was. The price of, let's have a look at here. A double cheeseburger and chips at Arsenal, £18.50. Yeah, I mean, mate, I'm oh. not eating, I, don't, I don't think I've ever eaten in the stadium, mate, to be honest with you. Um, it's a joke, isn't it? £18.50 for a double cheeseburger and chips. <laughs> Come on. Mate, it was bad enough. I can't remember where I was the other day. I think it was at Wembley. Yeah, it was at Wembley. It was like £6.50 for a pint of Budweiser, and that's like drinking your own piss, mate. <laughs> it's awful beer. That's awful beer, Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even beer, mate. <laughs> that's no, frog, frog's piss, mate, isn't it? Yeah, uh, no, it's Americans, Americans. You know the ad? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's mad. I mean, how do you justify charging people 18.50 for a double cheeseburger and chips? No, no, no. But I mean, it's mad because if you go down the Holloway Road or if you go down, um, whether it's, you know, Gillespie Road, you get a burger near the old library, you get a burger. And so if you go outside Arsenal Station around there, the food vendor, you get a burger for like five quid, if that, four quid. You missed the, the Everton trip. Um, yeah, did you watch the game? Disaster. Yeah, I did watch the game. It was a yeah. disaster, actually. Absolute disaster. I mean, didn't get, we didn't learn. We didn't learn from Old Trafford, mate. Um, you know, if you're going to win away from home against a reputable side, you've got to put them to the sword. And then we were so lucky with the VAR. I mean, Everton had a couple of goals disallowed and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it was just a really frustrating because if we'd won that, it would have put us... I mean, we're still in a good position in the league at the moment, but I thought if we could have got a point out of United and if we could have got three points at um, 
at Everton, mm. um, you know, we, we'd be in a good spot, actually. We, we would hope, you know, you laugh at me when I say this, but if we'd done that, we'd only be, uh, be four points off Chelsea, who, you know, have had a brilliant season by all, all respects. So, now nah, what can we do? Do you think you've been unlucky with timing again? So, for example, like uh, with Oli getting the, the boot and then the amount of pressure that Rafa had coming into that Arsenal game. Yeah, I mean, the timings haven't been good for us, but I think mm. what has been a disgrace is the fact that we've been dog-walked all over the north by the fixtures in the TV. Yeah, great. I mean, yeah. how can it be the case where you, you go to Old Trafford on a Thursday and you're going to go back to Goodison on a Monday at Liverpool? That, that's mad. Um, and then what's even more mad is the fact that, you know, we've been to Burnley, we've been to... Uh, well, no, we went to Burnley and Manchester. I burned Burnley and Manchester at the start of the season. We then had to go up to um, bloody... So then, obviously, like Leicester. We've then been to United. Mm. We've been, so we've been to Manchester again. Been to Liverpool twice. So that's six. And then we're going to Leeds. Uh, we're going to Leeds. We're going to Leeds next week. Uh, so well, this weekend. Yeah. So se- seven trips in the space of WhatsApp. Four or five months. Up. That's the fixture scheduling is nuts, mate. In the way it's that they've done it with the away games. It's absolutely crazy, mate. Is it because you're not playing in Europe and it's probably easier for them to to schedule you guys in those fixtures or what? No idea, mate. No idea. But it's crazy. Um, I mean, the way when they did the drew the fixtures up. I mean, we've been in every second week. It feels like you're up north. I mean, the only games we've had down south. I mean, obviously we had Leicester, but Midlands, and then we had we had Brighton, um, I suppose, had, eh? Brighton and Brentford. Yeah. So it's not so basically for the for whole first half of the season, we would have only had two games down south. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's mental, isn't it? When you think about it like that, considering that we're going up to. Leeds and then it's Norwich and then Norwich bloody Norwich away which is in the middle of nowhere on Boxing Day so you think what the hell is going on <laughs> hey mate tell me what's happening with the Bamiyan right now the geezer has gone off the ball altogether isn't he I mean it's it's one of those where I think I never had an issue with them signing him up to a new deal because I mean he was banging in the goals at the time but it's just a a classic Arsenal mistake when you try and use the captaincy to keep people so we've done it with Van Persie, it didn't work. We've done it with Fabregas, it didn't work. Um, William Gallas, bloody hell, do you know what I mean? For I mean, that's going back a few few years. Well, it's going back ten years now, but it just did all more than that. But it just doesn't work when you try and give the captaincy to players to try and solve the problems. When what you're better off doing is getting like a reliable person in as the captain. I think the Bamiyan's Arsenal career is finished, mate. Really. I think he'll get sold in January. I think if Barcelona are interested, they'll offload him. Wow, really? Yeah. Arteta hasn't got a good history track record managing big players with big egos. Ozil, gone. Kolasinac, on the peripheral. Mustafi, gone. Um, Aubameyang, going to be gone. So, he's not, he's not the best, mate. Okay, so if that happens, mate, in January, who do you bring in? I don't know the answer to that because I don't think there's anyone in the Premier League who's really knocking down doors. So there's no one who I would, at the moment in the Premier League, go out. People talk about Calvert-Lewin, don't so suit our style of play. It just nah. doesn't. Um, so there's no one in the Premier League who are really pulling up trees. And then I think there's a massive risk for buy- from buying from abroad. I think... It, you know, you look at recent acquisitions who've not got the Premier League experience, it's just not worked. Mm. Look at the likes of T- Timo Werner at um, 
at Chelsea. He's been, I guess, I would say nothing but average. Um, I think that um, even Cavani, for the profile of the signing, wasn't quite as good as what United... It wasn't bad, but he wasn't nowhere near the form he was hitting in Europe, albeit, you know, he's, he's, he's getting on a bit. So the player I'd probably go after, if we were going to try and get a striker, would be Tammy Abram, but the problem is he's just moved to Roma. So I, I don't see us bringing him back to England. So it's a tricky one, mate. I mean, they're going to probably have to go to the continent, aren't they? Do you not think they'll um, just promote Lacazette? He's out of contract at the end of the oh, year. Oh, is he? Yeah, no, <laughs> same old Arsenal, isn't it? There you go. I mean, what, I mean, to be fair, I mean, your boy Ivan Tony ain't exactly pulled up stumps in the Premier League either, is he? Yeah, I know, I know. We might as well talk about that because uh, it's one thing that I've not really credited you on the pod before, and it's the the way you've performed so far in the league is incredible in fantasy. You're in the top eight. Think yeah. mate, I didn't think that you played fantasy. Mate, I'm a, I'm a dibbly, dibbler dabbler, mate. It's all a, so um, at the start of the season, I look at the players who I think are going to perform well. And I put them in my team. So I did a blinder putting Salah in and captain in. I then had Mason Mount, who mm. no one really tipped at the start of the season. But no I, one I still has him, mate. You're the only one yeah, that has I, him. I, I know was gonna I knew he'd play week in, week out. Six goals, four assists. I've then got my boy Antonio in now. The geezer I probably should have put in early doors, but I just couldn't be bothered because I thought he was gonna fade away. It was Connor Gallagher. He's been he's been good. Um he's the I truth, probably, mate. Conor Gallagher's mis- the truth. Probably a mistake having Saka over ESR. Um, but again, at the start of the season, I don't think anyone could have predicted that Emil Smith-Rowe would have bashed it up. Mm. He's been unbelievable, mate. If he don't get PFA Young Player of the Year, I'm going to throw it all in. <laughs> no, seriously, the kid's been on a different yeah, level, mate. Yeah. He's got to get PFA Young Player of the Year, isn't he? Talk about contracts with Arsenal, like these young lads here now. Do you reckon they're going to get a renewed contract end of the season? Not for extension, but more around wages. Well, it's interesting, right? Because I think, so Mystic Lyle predicts that for these young players, right? Okay, so this is hot off the press. Smith Rowe, Saka and Ramsdale will all go to the World Cup next year with England as long as they stick at Arsenal and play week in, week out. I can't see any reason why those three aren't going to go. I think they're at a stage of their career where the money's actually not too relevant today. I think after that World Cup next year, so I think what season? So, so we're in the 21-22 season. I think the 23-24 seasons where they'll stake their claim for big bucks. I think that's where all of them can turn around and say, right, we want to be 100k plus a week players. I think Saka is, you know, he's had a good couple of seasons, but this season you can tell he's not quite his, his full self. I mean, Ramsdale's been a revelation, but again, it's his first season at the... Oh, White, White will go as well. So that's the fourth one. If White stays at the Arsenal, he'll go to Qatar next year as well, because when you look at England's defensive options, he's the only one apart from, along, along with Stones and Maguire, who can actually play the ball with his feet. Uh, the rest of them are more hoofers of the ball, the likes of, you know, the Cody's and the, the Mings of, of this world, of Keane, Taroski at Burnley, they prefer to, you know, rather than play out from the back. They'd rather play through the lines, you see. They'd rather play through the lines into the channel. So White will go as well. So that's four players who will probably go in the national team. So I think for all of them, and they're all young, they're all under 23. So, you know, a few years of time, they'll all be mm. able to command uh, big salaries, really, which is, you know, fantastic, brilliant for them. 
How excited are you to see that again, where you've got a spine of English players at the Arsenal? It's not so much about the spine of English players or the spine of British players, whatever you want to talk, however you want to say, because we've had it before, right? So we had, you know, the, you know, the OGs um, in, the, in the Emirates era, when you had like Carl Jenkinson, Gibbs, Walcott, Wilshire, Ramsey and Oxlade, Chamberlain. The problem with those guys is that, I mean, Jenkinson's a good lad, he just weren't good enough. Gibbs, potential, was too injury prone. Wilshire the same, good player too injury prone. Ramsey, again, good player for Arsenal, but he lost a lot of good good days and good, good good years to injury as well. And then you look at the same with Walcott and Oxlade-Chamberlain. So they were close, but, you know, no cigar, as they say. Um, so whereas I think this lot here, um, and there's a bit more durability about them. I look at the likes of Smith-Rowe, I look at the likes of Saka, Ramsdale, White, they look the sort of players who are going to play 40, 50 games in a season, obviously, touch wood. I mean, Tierney has had his injuries, but, I mean, the bloke's an absolute hard nut. Do you know what I mean? He runs through walls. Yeah. He's so, a great um, player, Tierney. He, he is, he is. So, I'm really optimistic about this this lot. Um, I think the key is to get them locked down and get them to stay at the club for the next five years. Yeah. It's exciting times, though, mate. You just need to figure out the, the striking force and then you're, you're ready to go. Well, we're short, two, we're short probably two positions, I think. You know, if, if everyone's oh, yeah. fit... You, Midfield, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if everyone's fit, you, you know, Saka probably plays off the right-hand side. That Martinelli's going to be a player, mate. I'm telling you, I've seen him I've seen him a few years back when he burst on the scene, good player. He probably plays off the left-hand side. You need a striker through the middle, and then what we need is a player who can play alongside party. Like that Sandy Cazorla player, like who can get the ball deep, Run it up. No one to play a short one. No one to play a long one. We haven't got that sort of player. We just, we, we don't have that now. Selfishly, if if Leicester um, were to finish outside of European football, I think Yuri Tillman's be a great candidate. I like Yuri Tillman. He's just that sort of player. But we, we we're short in the midfield of a, of a couple, and then we're definitely short up front of striker, and potentially short of a winger as well because Pepe's finished. Bamiang's done. And then that just leaves you with the likes of um, Reese Nelson, who's not really had a look in this season. Mm. With uh, with fantasy, you mentioned it earlier on the pod, like the effects of COVID cancelling games this week. Southampton, Brentford, Watford versus Palace, West Ham versus Norwich, I think, on the weekend as well. And Everton and Leicester's off as well. So in terms of fantasy, mate, I mean, what, what changes are you going to do? So I know West Ham. Norwich, not as bothered about. Um, then it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because um, you can't change them all, can you? You're going to incur so many points. Yeah, I'm taking hits now, mate. I'm taking hits. I don't now. have any United. I don't have any United players. I'm looking at your team now. So you've got a, you've got Song. Is he still on your team? Yeah, he's a Song's a funny one, mate. Because it's like he's been good this season, but he's been proper hit and miss. Yeah. So he'll have a, he'll have a great game and then he disappears for a few weeks. But obviously, he's not disappeared as much as old. Harry Kane. <laughs> While we're talking about Spurs, should there be dot points, you think? I think so. I think there should be docked points. I mean, UEFA done the right thing. Bloody turfed them out of the competition, didn't they? Um, take that, Levy. Kapow. <laughs> in the pocket. It's difficult because with Burnley, they were unlucky because the conditions were just horrendous. But up there, it's just so exposed. Um, you're a sort of, you know, proper sort of countryside Lancashire, you know, up in the hills. 
yeah, but I mean, you can't just be calling games off really, really. I'd, I'd dock some points. Why not? It's like these Premier League teams, you know, they have under-23s, you know, they have academies. Uh, you only need, what, 15 to fulfil a game, right? 11 players, four subs, minimum, you know? like exactly. It's exactly. not hard. And, the, and, and you think, right, the under-23s, the, the level of the under-23s at Spurs, what, they should be good enough to play in the Premier League. Mate, it, it, exactly, exactly. Well, especially when you look at who they're going up against, you think to yourself, blimey, you must be desperate. <laughs> You know what, mate? I was jumping for joy when the Swans game got cancelled this weekend, so we're not going to lose. Swansea loner have fallen off the cliff, mate. Well, yeah. I mean, this uh, postponement this weekend's stopped us from losing four games in the trot, which is uh, which is good for us because I just had enough of losing games. It's uh, yeah. it's becoming a bit of a trend now, mate. It's not good. I mean, what's what's the feeling like uh, in the in the Swansea fan community? To be honest, you mate, most of us around people infighting around flags. <laughs> yeah, so. For as long as I've followed the Swans, right, there's always been Union Jacks there in the stands. And for some reason, it kicked off the other day. We, um, a group of fans thought, nah, we don't want Union Jack this. They start ripping Union Jack away and fans are fighting as well. You find on YouTube, by the way, it's, it's actually really embarrassing. For me, man, I'm obviously, you know, I'm Welsh, not British, but, you know, I'm not going to tear down someone's flag. If it's got Swansea City on it, it's fine with me. You know, it could be any flag in the world on there, you know? I don't have a problem yeah. with that, but... Uh, and some people out there, it's just like, yeah, very, very narrow-minded. And I think we always get stick, I think, from like the other teams in Wales saying, oh, why have got Union Jacks there and stuff. But end of the day, mate, we've all got a British passport, haven't we? So, do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. That's a difficult one, isn't it, really? Mm. I mean, it's, I mean, as, as long as people are supporting the team, it's um, wow. not a massive issue, is it, really? <laughs> like, the guys that are hanging the flags out, the Union Jacks, they've been banned for like six games. And they were the ones oh, getting really? punched from the back of the head. Oh, I mean, like, I, I don't know. It's, I'm not, I, I actually don't condone any violence at the ground, but when it's your own fans, mm. oh, it's just, yeah, it's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've got our own problems at the Arsenal, so I can't really cause too much, too much, <laughs> too, much, too, much, too, much too much trouble, can I? Yeah, but in terms of football, mate, um, like, I think if you were to compare it to Arteta in a way, you know, Russell Martin, new manager, um, he won the Derby game against the Scum, and that's given him some time. And some good faith for the, the supporters. So, but that good faith is going to run out soon. You know, three games of the trot, you know, might become four and five or six games of the trot. And if that happens, you know, I don't know what's going to happen for us really. Um, you know, we've got the Derby in April, I think it is, um, at their ground. So for me, mate, as long as we stay up in the championship and then beat the scam and get the first ever double, then uh, that'll be a good season for us. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But look, I think the style of play is funny, eh? Because, um, yeah, what was that game that Arsenal tore that team apart the other day? That goal? Oh, Southampton. Yeah. Yeah, the Wenger ball. That's the type of football that the Swans are trying to play. But, mm. you know, unlike Ramsdale getting up to the defender, we're just defender to the attacker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not much. Uh, that, that goal, by the way, up there with goal this season. It was quite impressive in the sense that, I mean, what's funny is most people would not have watched the corresponding 15 minutes before that where we looked awful because we were trying to play out from the back. And then it was like it just clicked and we got it right. And all of a sudden it's like pinball is one-touch football. Do you know what I mean? The crowd are going nuts. Southampton players, balls have just dropped. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, unbelievable in the sense that, you know, we've just absolutely pulled together a masterclass. That's a brilliant goal. It's up there with... um... 
I suppose the Norwich one, you know the one, the Norwich one with um, the yeah. flick? But, yeah. I mean, that one there has got the flick and that makes it a lot better. But if, in terms of team play, that's up there, the Southampton goal. No, it was good. I think that's what Arteta is trying to do. He's trying to play out from the back. Well, I think the difference is that's what the, that's what happens when you play out from the back quick. Whereas our problem is a lot of the times you play out from the back slow. Yeah. Hey, um, let's talk about West Ham this week. Mm. So another London derby there. What was your thoughts going into that one? Um, I thought that we would have done well to get a point, truth be told. Um, mm. West Ham are in reasonable form. Uh, Moises turned them into, you know, quite a dogged side. And actually, they beat everyone in London they played. So they beat the likes of Chelsea. They beat the likes of Tottenham. Uh, I think they beat Palace as well. Um, and, you know, they've been like the Robin Hood side of the Premier League, mashing up <laughs> all the top teams. Um, but obviously not doing it against the lower league sides. Um so, I mean, look, I think from our perspective, a draw would have been good. Brilliant result yesterday to get a 2 0 uh, Could have been three if we converted the penalty. Um, albeit it was a controversial penalty. I mean, there's a lot of conjecture this morning uh, in the media here in the UK as to whether that was or wasn't a penalty. Um, Sympathise both ways. I mean, the player has nicked the ball and then he's clattered the man. Um, but, I mean, like someone said this morning, I was listening to Talk Sport. If the keeper gets fingertips on it and then takes the player out, it's not a penalty, is it? So no. um, I think it's, it's it's just a difficult one. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, great three points. I mean, we've we've shown this season that we're really good at home. We've only lost one game at home this season, um, which was against Chelsea first game I was there. Um, and then I think we've got the equal best home record in the league. Um, away from home, we've shown that we can do it against the lowest lower table sides problem we're going to have is again it's not back to where after worst six years ago five years ago one it's sort of just be, just before Wenger fell off the cliff you know when we were getting in the top four was that we were good at home we were demolishing teams we were okay away from home but we were just getting demolished against the big boys so we're back to square one actually not sure you know the stat mate but David Moyes has never won as a manager against the Arsenal away from home I saw that it was something silly as like He's played Arsenal away from home, like 14, tight, 14 losses, three draws. Uh, 14 losses and four draws now. Well, yeah. there we go. <laughs> Very close, mate. Um, West Ham, let's give them some credit here. So they've had a, got two good seasons on the bounce, haven't they, really? Well, it's the return of David Moyes, mate. <clears throat> it really is. So, I mean, he was down and he was out. There's no doubt about that. He was almost lining up at job centre. Um, <laughs> and then... <laughs> They gave him a gave him a second chance at West Ham. You know, I know the West Ham fans are a weird bunch. It's a weird football club. West Ham and Tottenham are anonymous. Anom- I can't even anomalies in the English game, in the sense that their fans demand a lot, but historically they've never delivered much. No. But their fans still demand demand a lot, right? So West Ham, Newcastle, um, and probably Tottenham, they are anomalies. Now, what David Moyes has done is he's instilled discipline he's instilled hard work and he's installed instilled a team culture i think at west ham so west ham has always been a very transient club from both the managers the players and they've always struggled with an identity and i think now different managers have tried to stamp an identity on west ham i think slavin billich is probably the most successful in recent years but then again it just fell away with the players because um, obviously Pyatt left a few others left it just it all fell apart, really. Well, I think now what you're seeing is that David Moyes is a good manager, but you've got to give him the right tools. Yeah, he's got his tools, and he's he's implementing pretty well. You know, they're looking all right. They should get Europa League football again. 
they're pretty much the team that's stopping you from top four, isn't it? There's how many teams are in the mix, you think? You've got yourselves, United, Leicester, I suppose. No, the top, the top three are the top three, aren't they? So it's the fourth yeah. spot that's up for grabs, isn't it? I think Leicester's got no chance this season. What I'm curious to see is whether United and Spurs thrive or flop under the new management. Um, I think that's the, that's the interesting bit, Eddie. That is interesting, genuinely interesting. I think Conte with Tottenham will go one or two ways. I think he's either going to get a tune out of them or I think it's just going to fall apart for Tottenham. With Manchester United, I think that if the manager can get the tune out of the players to their potential, they should comfortably be a top four side. So I think for me, that's a bit more clear cut. As long as they can start playing as a unit, they should be a top four side. I mean, you look at the quality they've got across the front three, um, you know, the likes of um, Ronaldo, um, Cavani, uh, Greenwood, Sancho, Rashford, Martial. Um, you know, you look in the midfield, players like Pogba, Bruno Fernandes. Um, and then you look in the defensive positions, players like Rafael Varane, players mm. like... Whether you like him or hate him, Harry Maguire is an England international. Um, Luke Shaw, England international. So they should, they when you look at it individually, they've got all the, the component parts with how they can bring it together. So for me, there is no doubt Manchester United are a top four side and should be a top four side um, if they can put it together. Let's look at the, the Christmas fixtures list for, for Arsenal. I mean, if these fixtures do go ahead. On uh, Sunday, you've got Leeds away. Then you've got uh, Sunderland in the, the League Cup quarterfinal on um, next Tuesday night. And uh, then you've got, on Boxing Day, you've got Norwich away. And on, um, what day is that on then? The 28th of December, you've got Wolves, Wolves at, at home. Wolves at home. Yeah, I'll be there. Followed by City on uh, New Year's Day. Well, and then the, the one which you're not mentioning, mate, is um, followed by City, followed by Tottenham away at the new shithole. <laughs> hey, you got Forest in the cup first before that game. I'll be at Forest in the cup. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I looked at the day, mate. It's less than an hour for you. I'll be at Forest in the cup. I might be at Tottenham away as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Mate, by that, thing is, though, by that time, mate, there'd be a massive wall built around London, so you can't get in there. Yeah, I think. I think to be honest with you, Eddie, the way things are going, I can see is I think the weekend fixtures will go ahead because I think they'll want to play them. I'm not so certain that football will get played on Boxing Day and then over the Christmas period. Yeah. That's my prediction. If any of those games that, that you want postponed, I mean, not that you want them to postpone, but if you were to miss any of those games, what would it be? You want City at home rubbed off. That's going to be a nightmare. Potentially Wolves at home as well, because they'd be in all right form. If we could postpone Tottenham away, and see you at home, that'd be brilliant. Well, mate, before we wrap up, mate, I just want to ask you some things about Christmas. So you did live in Australia, Western Australia, for, what, over 10 years, right? Yeah. All right, okay. There's a bit of a myth, isn't it, this beach Christmas, right? Have you ever done it? Yeah, it's a bit mythical. Some mm. people do go down to the beach on Christmas, but it's just a bit of a malarkey, a bit of a pain in the arse. What do you prefer, mate? London Christmas or Perth Christmas? Probably the UK Christmas is that it's a bit of a formal affair. Whereas I did like, in Australia, it's quite a relaxed day. Do you know what I mean? So you just chill out. It's not as big of a deal. Um, I personally, I don't think, no disrespect, Dan Zeke, no, and to your viewers who are down in the summer, southern, southern hemisphere, 
for me, Christmas, what's it all about? It's about, you know, uh, hot food. It's about your mince pie. It's about Christmas lights. It's about winter wonderland. And frankly, you can't do that, mate, if it's not cold. Uh, so <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think for me, it, Christmas is better in colder countries. It's just as simple as that. You know, it's, um, it's like the Olympics. You've got the Winter Olympics and you've got the Summer Olympics. <laughs> Christmas is like the Winter Olympics, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do ice skating as a Summer Olympics sport, uh, for example. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Hey, um, why you had Christmas in um, in Perth? Did you ever do the turkey? Yeah, yeah, of course. We did. We yeah. did tradition. So we're we try to keep that alive, right? Yeah, we're not heathens. We're, we're <laughs> heathens. Um, yeah, so we used to do the whole thing, mate. You know, yeah. the turkey, the pigs and blankets, yeah. the, the roast taters. Whole the whole shebang, mate. Are you a Yorkshire pudding man? Love the Yorkshire puddings, but I don't like Yorkshire pudding with chicken. That's the problem. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, the Yorkshire pudding's got to be with beef, mate, or if you're really going to push it out, do it with lamb. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no white meats and Yorkshire pudding, mate. That's just yeah. that's sacrosanct. <laughs> hey, um, what's on your Christmas list for this year, mate? If you were to receive a gift from Santa, what would be your, your top gift? Uh, the two things I would like would be an Arsenal third kit and I would like an Apple Watch. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You should ask Jack Cole, mate. He's got both of them already. There you go. <laughs> well. He's obviously got better family and friends than I do. Oh. <laughs> mate, okay. he's just creaming on the royalties on the podcast. That's what he is. That's I'm what he's sure doing. He is. <laughs> off, my, off, my off my appearances. You know what yeah. I mean? Hey, you know what, mate? I have to say, you know, the wrapped 2021, the Spotify thing. Like, I was just overwhelmed with uh, the growth that the pods had in the last year. Like, I, you know, mate, I, I generally don't look at the, the numbers. Um, so when I received that wrapped thing for podcasters, I was like, just wrapped, really? That's the word I can use. Yeah, incredible, the, the stats, you know, 18 countries around the world listen to this. And uh, a, yeah, a huge I mean, part so of that, mate, is you. I looked at the, the episodes, mate. The episodes that Lyle is on generate the most followers or, <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, yeah the huge around, part is you, mate. The around-the-ground sure. updates. No, that's all right. I think fair play to you, boys. You know what I mean? You, you had a vision. You had a dream. You know, you've lived it out and, and fair play to you. And I just come on and talk some nonsense about Arsenal and, you know, go to a lot of football games, really. And, and that's it and tell, tell a lot of stories from, from the games, which which I go to. And, <laughs> and, 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 that's, and that's it, mate. And, you know, um, obviously, you know, I know I'm in a privileged position where I'm lucky I follow Arsenal home and away. Um, you know, I'll probably go to, you know, probably 80%, 70% of our games home and away. And I'm in a privileged, I know I'm in a privileged position to be lucky enough to do that and, and talk to you about that. So, um you know, it's just, just a real pleasure and privilege to be on and, you know, always look forward to um, coming on the pod, having a chat about the football. I'm not the most knowledgeable football fan. I just enjoy following my ah, team. Mate. You're selling yourself think, short, mate. You're selling yourself no, short. No, no, I think I don't, you know, it's one of those where, you know, I think, I, I, unfortunately, I don't watch as much football as I used to, uh, but I still obviously understand and, and know the game. I think it's an age thing, actually. I think when you get, as you get older, you know, you can't watch, you know, four or five games of football on the weekend. Um, you know, it's, it's just difficult, isn't it? Um, yeah. But um, no, it's always really enjoyable listening to the, the viewers and, 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 and all the and people who, who, who come onto the podcast as well and, you know, hearing their thoughts about football because everyone thinks about football in a different way. I mean, I'm, 
I'm very much a fan. I just did, you know, for me, football, a lot of it's always been about just go support your team, have a few beers. It's just a nice stress reliever. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you can't control it. Whereas others are so analytical about the game. Do you know what I mean? They play back everything of the 90 minutes. They dissect it. Um, you know, others just like to go and have a bit of a moan and a whinge. Um, <laughs> so no, it's, it's, it's been really good. And then obviously the, the whole, you know, fantasy football element to it as well. I mean, it's mad how that's taken off, to be honest with you, over the last probably five or six years, fantasy football. Um, such a big thing now. I mean, I remember doing it back in the day and, it just wasn't wasn't as big of a thing, was it? So um, no. no, fair fair play to you, Eddie, and all the boys. Um, you know, number one podcast in New Zealand, I'm sure. Um, and um, yeah, I'm sure you're not stop. You're not you're not going to stop, mate. You're going to keep going global. I mean, that, this is a little sneak sneak peek for the for the viewers. We'll be doing live streams from Qatar 2021 yeah. next year. <laughs> we will be. Yeah. Who are we follow, mate? We follow England, Wales, and Jamaica, are we? Oh, the bloody videos pulled off again. No. <sighs> I'm back. No, oh, you're back. back. You're back. You're back. Yeah. Bojo, stop cutting us off. Boris is trying to, as soon as I mentioned the Qatar 2021 World Cup, it was like they were trying to cut me off. <laughs> uh, but no, we will be doing live stream next year, the Qatar 2021 World Cup. We'll be doing, I'm just calling this out now. We'll be doing the daily updates and we'll be doing the round roundups. Oh, mate, can't wait. And you know what? The funny thing about the whole rap then, we've got listeners in Palestine and Israel. Now, come on. If Obama, Barack Obama, can get a Nobel Peace Prize, why can't we? Do yeah. Do you know what? All the, Isra- all the Israelis, the uh, Palestinians, Qatar, do you know what I mean? We're doing a roundup. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I want to see Big Maurizio, shout out to Big Maurizio, get him out of Qatar. Amiro, he's got no excuses. I need to get him over there as well. Uh, obviously, um, Daff will be there. I'm sure if Wales qualified by called by Crook, he'll, he'll get himself in the country. We need to do the in-person, <laughs> the daily updates. That would be brilliant. That would be blinding, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. It would be. And, and, and let's be honest with you, we all want to follow Wales around for the party. Forget, forget the other nations. So, all about the Welsh and the Brazilians, mate. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait for it. Yeah, 2022 is going to be a blinder, mate. It's going to be a blinder. Just fingers crossed you boys get over the final hurdle and qualify. Oh, yeah, me too, mate. If not, I've got a second team to support. <laughs> Mr. Boombastic. Yeah, come on, the reggae boys. Fantastic. <laughs> reggae, reggae boys. Uh, mate, um, final thoughts, mate, before we sign off for the final time together in 2021? Oh, mate, it's been, a, it's been a mad year on the pod, isn't it? Because obviously I look back from the start of the year when it was all like lockdown football. Mm. And then uh, we had the summer of madness, the Euros. I mean, geez, it almost came home. Uh, football almost came home, we were the fault. Then uh, back into the Premier League season. It's uh, It's been a roller coaster. It's been some year on the pod, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm just, you know, I hope everyone has a good Christmas, really. Enjoy your time with your family and friends. And, um, you know, fingers crossed that Arsenal can do something next year. Top four. In some, in some way, shape. Top four. Yeah. Top four, that's what FA I Cup. Yeah, I'm not, I'm scared of the League Cup because we never do anything in that competition. It always ends in bloody disappointment and, and, bought, and coughing it up, but yeah, I'm just hopeful Arsenal can do something next season. And um, 
yeah, I'd just love the football to keep going. I'd be gutted if it goes back behind closed doors, you know, because, um, like I said, I'm, off, I'm meant to be off to Leeds on Saturday, Leeds away Saturday, uh, a few games over the Christmas period, Forest away, uh, you know, Wolves away. So I think it's across the football stage with fans in the ground. It's, it's not the same with no fans. I mean, you've seen it with all these big games of season, the derbies, you know, the... It's just, it's just football without fans ain't the same. It's not, yeah. it's not, it's not nothing, is it really? So yeah, fingers crossed. Fans will stay in the ground, and that there's not too much shut down with the, with the Premier League. So that's all I want for Christmas, Boris. Don't shut the thing, don't shut the team down, and um, you know keep the fans in the ground. There you go. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice one, mate. Hey, thanks for coming on. I'm relieved to hear that you're well again and overcome COVID. Um, hope you're able to watch the Arsenal over the Christmas period and hope you have a great Christmas, mate. Uh, you're a huge part of this pod and uh, pleasure to have you on as always. Anyway, thank you for listening to another episode of the Extra Trials Football Podcast, the home of Alternative Football. We have one final episode left and that is the Christmas special, which will be dropping later this week. So stay tuned. In the meantime, hope you have a good one. Kakitano. Merry Christmas, Irish Christmas, have a reggae Christmas. <laughs>